You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today, and, and also happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves are back home finally for a three-game homestand, taking on the Los Angeles Lakers this evening. So we will talk about um, Wolves notes off the top here, a couple of things, roster move, um, upcoming all-star break, et cetera, all the, all the different news that's out there. And then I want to get into um, just an, another little bit of trade deadline talk. I want to do this a couple times a week, take a peek. Um, there's a little bit out there about um, a potential Timberwolves trade target who I've been advocating for the Wolves to try and trade for for the better part of a year now. Um, there's a little bit of of news related to what his team is reportedly see, reportedly seeking in return for him, and so I want to talk about that um, here in just a little bit. And then finally, preview Wolves Lakers on Tuesday night. The Lakers actually are a little bit banged up and have a significant injury, so um, I'd like to talk about the most up to date news on that, and also what the matchup looks like between the Wolves and the Lakers. Okay, before we do all that, though, a quick reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. That's at Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right, so Timberwolves news. Um, this came down over the weekend, I think actually on Saturday, and I mentioned it at the end of the show on Monday. But the Wolves waived Ashton Haggins from their G League team. Well, actually waived waived him from his two-way contract. Um, he was one of two two-way players along with Jordan McLaughlin. He'd appeared in two games with the Timberwolves so far this season, but had been sent to the G League bubble a couple of weeks ago. And um, first, the first news that came out was middle of last week that um, the Iowa Wolves had to suspend a few players without pay for, t- for two games um, for violating the league's health and safety protocols. So there was a list of players who were suspended and the Wolves actually had to dip into the available player pool to find basically replacement players in order to um, to play. And incidentally, the Wolves are 0-3 so far. The team itself was fined $10,000. That's the Iowa Wolves, not the Timberwolves. Obviously, uh, same ownership, but uh, the the the, the Iowa Wolves team and not the Timberwolves. Um, and then the players that were suspended without pay were Ashton Haggins, Jalen Johnson, Ade Murky, Charlie Brown, and Dakari Tucker. Um, we didn't hear anything about it for a couple of days, and, and I'm guessing that the team was probably investigating what exactly happened. And then it was reported the team actually put out a statement on on Saturday that they were releasing Ashton Haggins, the 21-year-old rookie point guard out of the University of Kentucky. And then John Krasinski of The Athletic tweeted out over the weekend that um, waving Haggins, it, it said he was released after violating protocols in the G League bubble. Um, Krasinski added Haggins is a promising prospect, did not play in the first two games of the bubble because of violating protocol. The Wolves are sending a message that they take it seriously. Um Obviously, we don't know exactly what happened. I don't really want to speculate on what happened. It's interesting to me that only one player is being released and not all of them. So unless he's the one who did the most egregious violation and then came into contact with everybody else, or if he was the ringleader of whatever the violation was. And then also there's the factor that he was the only one on a on an NBA contract, right? I mean, he was the only Wolves 2A player in the bubble. 
Um, he's the only player on, you know, the Wolves didn't option anybody down there. So um, this is probably a, a message that basically reinforces, as John said, how seriously the Wolves are taking this. But given the, the instance of, you know, Hernan Gomez testing positive, Carlton Towns testing positive, Rubio missing a couple games as a close contact. Rubio had previously had COVID. Obviously, Towns, everybody knows his just horrible family history with COVID, recent family history with COVID. Um, I wonder how much of this was the front office using this as an exa- as a way to show the guys on the roster of the Timberwolves team how seriously they take it as much as it is for the guys with the Iowa Wolves. I'm sure that it's a, you know, and Higgins is a guy, he was around the big club for the first almost two months of the season, six weeks of the season. And again, appeared in two games, was often inactive, um, but was around the team. And so that, you know, obviously got to know the guys and was, was a part of this team. Um, and the wolves just kind of said, Hey, no tolerance. Um, you know, he saw what happened here when, when Hernan Gomez and towns got it. And you know, what, what's he doing violating these protocols? So they went ahead and cut ties, which of course opens up a 15 man roster spot as well as a two way contract. Um, so that's interesting to keep an eye on. I'd be surprised if the wolves filled it with the trade deadline five weeks away now, um, five and a half weeks away. I think more likely the Timberwolves will leave it open and just kind of see what develops as we get closer to the trade deadline. I think that's the, the far more likely scenario. Um, but that's the other layer to this. The wolves probably figured, um, they're, they didn't have a whole lot to lose here. And this was a, we're setting the tone. This is, we're taking this seriously. Also, we're going to get this open roster spot and, and um, you know, we'll, we'll have that to play with as we get to the trade deadline. So um, hopefully no other issues with the Iowa Wolves. Hopefully nobody actually ended up with COVID due to, due to these violations of protocol. And um, hopefully they're able to get all their guys back here and dig out of this 0-3 hole. I'll definitely be doing some updates on the G League, just kind of checking in on, on how things are going. I don't know. I mean, at this point, we're only three games in, but that'll be something we probably hit on later this week. Um, uh, as well. So one final note before we get to looking at trade deadline and then ultimately Wolves Lakers, um, the NBA is now announcing, they announced this late on Monday that the schedule will resume on March 10th after the all-star break, which is a day earlier than was originally on the schedule. It sounds like teams that have no all-stars will almost certainly come back and start on the 10th as they try and make up some of these games. We're, we're now up to 24 total postponed games. Um, only one of them, of course, is a Wolves game. That there hadn't been a, a postponement since February 1st. And then on um, actually today, on Tuesday the 16th, the Spurs-Pistons game was postponed. So they went 15 days without postponing a game, which is great. Um, so it, it does sound like and, and I guess I hadn't really talked about this previously on the show, but the all-star game will happen on March 7th. Obviously a lot of players have spoken out against it, including Carl Anthony Towns. They're going to have the skills competition. They're going to have three point uh, contests as well. And apparently a halftime dunk contest. So there's still some details that need to be hashed out here. And clearly they don't have a ton of buy-in from players, but it's happening. And it's March 7th, which is like three weeks from now. And then four days after the game, or excuse me, three days now after the game, play will resume. The deadline, the trade deadline is March 25th. So a lot of stuff's going to happen within about a three, three and a half week span in March. Um, so I, I guess get ready for that. Buckle up. Um, next, I want to talk about a player that I've advocated for the Wolves to trade for, um, who is apparently available, but maybe a little bit has a bit of a higher asking price that his team does, his current team does than what the Wolves may want to stomach. So I want to get into that here in just a second. First though, let's talk about the title sponsor of today's show. And that of course is rockauto.com. 
With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And again, their prices are always reliably low and they are the exact same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new locked on today podcast peter Bukowski hosts locked on today a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes subscribe to locked on today wherever you get your podcasts okay so one of the players that i've talked about quite a bit as a potential trade target for the wolves over the better part of the last year and, and i guess especially over the summer and when we had a lot of time to- a lot of time to talk about potential trade targets and that's that players, John Collins, of course, of the Atlanta Hawks, he's been on the market for quite some time on varying levels simply because of his contract situation. Of course, he's eligible for a um, an extension. He'll be in restricted free agency after this season. Um, he's making only $4 million a year or $4 million this season, I should say, 4.1. Um, but he was a 20 and 10 guy last year. He shot over 40% from three over the last couple of seasons. Um, well, his usage is down slightly this year because Atlanta's just added a ton of weapons. He's actually shooting the three ball better and I mean, he overall has still been fantastic. The, his net rating is great. The the Hawks are much better with him on the court than with him off the court. Um, so at t- there was a report not too long ago, and I, I can't remember where I saw it, but basically that the, the Hawks don't want to trade him um, because they are competitive right now, right? I mean, Atlanta is, um, they're 11 and 16. They're only a couple, I mean, right now, if the playoffs started, they would be in one of the play-in games. And they've, I, I mean, to me, this is about what I expected from them was kind of borderline playoffs, but it sounds like maybe they're better than they thought they would be. And, and I mean, obviously they went for it with some of their offseason additions, Rajon Rondo, um, Danilo Gallinari. I mean, it's not like they were making moves on the edges. They were trying to improve to the point where they could be a playoff team. And John Collins is still a really big part of that. Um, even though they've got Gallinari and they've got some additional depth, he's still started all 27 games for Atlanta this year. He was a full-time starter the last couple of years. And he's still, even if he's not averaging a 20 and 10, he's averaging an 18 and, an, and 7.6 and shooting 41% from three. So it would make sense that they don't simply want to just trade John Collins, but they're also unlikely to let him walk for nothing. And they're probably not going to tender him anything resembling a max contract. Obviously that would be complicated salary wise. They've got a Trey Young extension upcoming and you know all those things to consider. So, it is in the Hawks' best interest to move him. And, and maybe that ends up being a sign and trade in the offseason or something like that, but those are complicated. And I mean, there's going to be a market for John Collins. So what is his value? Well, there's a report from um, Sham Sharania at The Athletic. He's saying that the this was uh, via, he wrote an article at The Athletic. So this is a subscription-only um, 
article, but basically he's saying in his article that the Hawks are still willing to trade John Collins, which is based on a Sam Amick report also of the athletic. And then he talks about, he talks about how they're willing to move him, but obviously have been hesitant because of their success. Um, to this point, Sharania notes that the Hawks are seeking a high first round lottery level pick if they're going to move John Collins. Now, I mean, the Wolves had that last year. I understand why you don't want to trade the number one pick in the draft for John Collins necessarily, because you're not simply getting John Collins at 4 million. You are for a year, but then you're getting John Collins at what could potentially be an overpay in restricted free agency or whatever kind of extension you need to sign him to. So you have to figure out is it worth it to trade the number one pick? If it was a number one pick for two years of John Collins at 4 million, you think about that. But this is one year of John Collins and now only a half year of John Collins at 4 million. And then having to figure out how to, you know, what, what he's worth moving forward, which is part of the reason we talked about the prior to the draft, the different Wolves Bulls trade scenarios, whether it's Zach Levine or Laurie Markkinen was the big one because Markkinen is going to be doing extension in a similar scenario. It's actually why the Wolves traded Dario Saric back almost two years ago to move up and, and try and get Darius Garland before they ended up with Jared Culver in that draft to move from 11 to six. The Wolves gave up Saric. Yeah. Saric is a great fit with Carl Anthony Towns or it, at least theoretically was, he wasn't when he was actually in Minnesota, but the idea of Sharich is great, but the Wolves didn't want to be the team that had to overpay him in free agency. Now he got a modest deal actually um, with the Suns, but still the Wolves didn't think he was going to be worth the contract he was going to get. And that to me is the only real reason why the Wolves haven't pulled the trigger on a Collins deal to this point, because he's an almost perfect fit with Carl Anthony Towns and the only real concern with him outside of the contract is defense. Um, his defense has pretty has consistently been, you know, a little below average, although it's improved the last couple of years as his overall game has improved. Um, he went from a 34% three point shoot over his first couple of years to 40% over the last two years. Um, and so he's still improving. He's only 23 years old. He's, he's doesn't turn 24 until right before next season. And Collins is, I mean, he's not quite a max player in terms of on-court value. He reportedly reportedly thinks that he is obviously. Um, and this was another athletic report from, um, let's see, I believe it was Shrani again, where they reported that the Hawks offered him about 90 million over four years in the off season. Um, it was a, no, sorry. It was Sam Amick and Chris Kirshner at the athletic reported that the Hawks offered him 90 million or so over four years. And he turned it down, believing that he's worth a max contract. And, and this summer, um, a four year offer sheet, according to a few different projections, including hoopsrumors.com, which does a good job at projecting out um, free agency values, et cetera. They're saying a four-year deal would be something like 120 million. Um, basically, and, and this is some commentary now from Luke Adams at at Hoops Rumors, he says he would be, quote, shocked if the Hawks hung on to him through the season and let him walk for nothing. Um, but again, he is the team's second leading scorer and they're in the hunt for a play-in spot in the Eastern Conference. My take on this is that they're going to just kind of ride this out for another few weeks you get three or four more weeks into the season past the all-star break and the Hawks, if, if they realize that they're out of contention for a playoff spot or, or, you know, they're not improving their standing and they're barely clinging onto that 10 spot. I think it's easier to sell to a fan base. If you know, you're not going to extend him to trade him for something versus let him walk for nothing in the off season. So it wouldn't shock me if they traded him. But of course, part of the, the issue with him is that because he's only making 4 million, I mean, that's why they're looking for a high lottery pick in return, right? They're not going to take back a big contract um, unless they it's a much bigger deal, which is always possible. Um, the deal that I always thought made sense was Culver and the number one for Collins and the Hawks lottery pick this year. Um, and I, who knows if that was ever discussed? It, it would seem not. We never heard about that being discussed. But 
to me, I mean, I think you could still orchestrate a deal. The, the Hawks could still use some wings. Um, they have some good wings. They don't have very many great wing defenders. And so maybe it is a Jarrett Culver. Maybe it is a Josh Akogi. Those salaries would be a lot easier. Akogi's salary is only a little bit less than John Collins. So you could do Akogi and a future pick. Um, that's probably still not quite enough. But also remember the Wolves don't have their picks this year. They don't have a first or a second. So you're looking at because of the the Stepien rule, you're looking at a 2023 draft pick that the Wolves would then trade in a deal like this. Um, and then, of course, you're the team that has to extend him and figure out your cap space next year. You've got Rubio um, one more year at 17 million, so they could move him in the offseason to make room to make the to to extend Collins. But the Wolves don't really have much coming off the books. I think I think Ed Davis at five million dollars is about the only expiring deal of any significance on the Timberwolves roster. Everybody else is pretty well locked up. So Minnesota would have to do quite a bit of maneuvering to make the space to extend Collins um, after the season, and that's what would be necessary. And then the flip side of this is even if the Hawks do get excited about a Timberwolves lottery pick in two years, and maybe they look at Golden State and say, "Oh, it looks like they're pretty happy with their with their deal that they made for a Wolves lottery pick." Um, the Hawks want to win now, so I, I don't know that they're, they'd be too excited about trading in Collins for an asset two years from now when they have Trey Young and the moves they made this offseason and, and want to try and be competitive in the East as of today and not as of 2023. So, um, I, I mean, to be clear, I think it's pretty unlikely that the Wolves get involved, but the fit is just so perfect offensively in my mind, and I think... Um, the Wolves have enough other pieces and have been showing enough defensively. And with Towns' apparent improvement defensively over you know this season, at least to this point, um, I think the Wolves could could manage defensively with Collins, and they'd be so dynamic offensively with another forty percent shooting big man who can rebound a little bit um, and you know contribute in multiple areas. Um, now, the emergence of Jaden McDaniel's certainly plays into this a little bit. I think the Wolves maybe potentially more excited about him now than they were when they drafted him and the glimpses he's shown, especially defensively and the upside we, we all think he has offensively that could play into the wolves calculation about whether or not they, they pay to get John Collins and then pay or are giving up assets for the right to then potentially overpay John Collins. Um, the Wolves went a couple rounds with restricted free agency this offseason, and it looks like they won one and they lost one with with the Beasley contract to win and Hernan Gomez a loss. Now we're a third of the way through a a a season and and a truncated season at that, a shortened season. Um, so we don't know for sure, but you know, restricted free agency is a dangerous game, and and with the Wolves play it, would they be willing to play it with John Collins and give up an asset in order for the right to do that? Is he that big of a needle moving player? Um, I'm not completely sold on that myself. I just love the fit and I would be excited if the Wolves took the plunge and tried to get John Collins. Um, so that's something to monitor because the Hawks are, I think, pretty likely to move him in the next five, five and a half weeks before the deadline on March 25th. Um, the question is, can the Wolves pony up enough assets and are they willing to do so to get John Collins? Okay, next I want to look at Wolves-Lakers, preview that matchup. Uh, before we do that, though, let's talk about our friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up, head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's betonline.ag, the website, your mobile device, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Betting on really any sport, NBA included, does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the brand new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Okay, um, Wolves-Lakers on Tuesday. Wolves played the Lakers way back in game three of the season. They were 2-0 heading into the game. Carl Anthony Towns had just learned that he suffered that dislocation to his wrist and missed the contest. Um, the Lakers were without Anthony Davis then, and they will be without Anthony Davis this time around as well. No Anthony Davis in this game. Likely the Lakers will be uh, pretty much healthy otherwise. Um, they have a couple guys listed as probable on their injury report. That includes LeBron, but I think he's been basically day-to-day slash probable all season long and hasn't missed a game. Um, and then also Alex Caruso, who is a key bench piece for them, but he figures to play in this game as well. Um, and uh, basically that's it. I mean, everybody else should be available for the Lakers. They are coming off a loss to the Nuggets. Um, they lost it. Actually, Davis left the game early due to injury. That was a 17 point loss uh, just a couple of days ago. Davis had a bit of an injury a couple weeks ago, missed some games with like a calf type injury. Um, and then he got an MRI, I believe in Minneapolis on Monday and found out he has a calf strain plus an aggravation of tendinosis in his right Achilles. So he's out two to three weeks. The Lakers had just won seven in a row. Uh, they had lost two in a row on the road to Detroit and Philadelphia. Then they won seven games in a row and then lost to the Nuggets the other day. So the Wolves are facing, you know, it's still one of the best teams in the league, the best team in, I guess, the second in the West to the Jazz, uh, but a 21-7 and seven Lakers team. You look at their wins the last couple of weeks, there's a couple of good ones in there. Celtics, Nuggets, um, I guess, are, are the best. Otherwise, you've got a bunch of fringe playoff teams, the Grizzlies, the Thunder twice, the Hawks, um, and then they also beat the Pistons um, once after losing to them. So, I mean, they haven't had a tough schedule lately, and they don't have Anthony Davis, but it's still LeBron James and the LA Lakers. Um, so this is going to be tough sledding for the Wolves, to say the least, with Carl Anthony Towns. We don't yet have an update on D'Angelo Russell. Actually, no, sorry. Uh, Timberwolves PR did tweet that uh, both Jarrett Culver and D'Angelo Russell are out with their respective injuries. So no D'Lo in this game, the third straight missed game for D'Angelo Russell. And um, the last time the Wolves and Lakers played, there was no Towns, no Anthony Davis. This time, no Anthony Davis, no D'Angelo Russell. So um, the Wolves will have the same squad that they did over the weekend for the road trip when they split games in Charlotte and Toronto or at, at I guess, in Tampa against Toronto. Um, so this will be fun to watch. I mean, the Lakers will likely have, um, I would imagine, put Kyle Kuzma in the starting lineup like they did the last time around against the Wolves. He's played really well of late, had a big game against the Nuggets, um, did a lot of damage after Anthony Davis went out. Um, Montrez Harrell's also on this team. Obviously, he's kind of their six-man type off the bench. And the other possibility for starting and receiving additional minutes would be Markeith Morris, of course, the veteran. Um, and so he'll get some run as well. So you're looking at, this is just an extremely deep Lakers team. I mean, there's got Wes Matthews is coming off the bench. Taylor Horton Tucker is getting minutes now. Um, and those guys are all coming off the bench for this team. It's it's just a, in addition to Caruso, who I mentioned earlier, who's who's been very, very good for them as well. So the Lakers are the league's best team defensively in terms of in terms of defensive rating. Um, and they don't foul. They don't give up three pointers at, at a at an efficient rate at all. They're really good in every facet defensively. Um, a lot of that has to do with with LeBron, obviously, Anthony Davis guarding the paint. Mark Gasol's still fairly mobile and, and a good defensive anchor to have. Um, and then they've got enough length and everything off the bench. They're a good enough rebounding team that their offense has been pretty middle of the pack all season, but the defense has been dominant. Um, and 
as I've talked about pretty frequently on the show of late, the Wolves offense has been the problem. Now, against Toronto on Sunday, the offense was unbelievable. They shot 52% from the field, I think 41% from three. And it was just incredible. And then a lot of that's Malik Beasley and, and Carlton Towns playing off of each other and getting used to playing together. Even without D'Angelo Russell, I mean, th- this offense can be really, really good. It just has taken all season to get to a point. And, and now we've got to see it in consecutive games. It was rough on Friday in Charlotte too, in the game that they lost. But if they can put a couple of games together here with solid offense. I mean, if you lose to the Lakers, there's no shame in that, but if they can be competitive and score um, consistently against one of the leagues or the league's best defense, then, then I think there's a lot to like about that and a lot to, to like moving forward for the wolves. So um, hopefully they can do more of what they did against the Raptors on Sunday related to their offense. Um, Interested to see also how the Wolves choose to guard LeBron. Um, Josh Okogi is the obvious answer for that assignment, but he's seen his minutes really wane of late. Um, seems like a really tough cover to stick Jaden McDaniels on him. Malik Beasley's not big enough to guard LeBron. Uh, I, I really don't know what they're going to do. My thought would be it's probably a Kogi, and and then McDaniels is probably, or I suppose Jared Vanderbilt's probably a better option than McDaniels. Has a little bit more um, thickness to him and, and can hopefully bang with him a little bit in the paint. Um so we'll see. We'll see what the Wolves do. It'll probably be a combination of Akogi, McDaniels, and Vanderbilt, who are probably the team's best, three best on-ball defenders, especially with no Jarrett Culver um, for this game as well. So that'll be interesting to watch. We'll, of course, have a post-game pod, and that will be Wednesday's show. So be sure to check back for that. Have key takeaways as well as individual studs and duds from the game. All right, that's all we have for you today here at Locked on Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked on Wolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. You can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you get podcasts, including iTunes and Spotify. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. That's Locked On T Wolves. Don't forget the T and at B Beacon. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C K. E-N. And then once again, today's episode, I want to remind you, is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Tell them that Locked On sent you. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.